The Anton Savage Show on News Talk. This morning on Garda Síochána is celebrating a hundred years of its existence because it was this day a hundred years ago that the force took over policing duties from the British authorities uh, at Dublin Castle. Sergeant John Reynolds is part of the centenary uh, commemorations today. John, take us back a hundred years ago and tell us what happened. Yes, good morning, Anton. Well, a uh, hundred years ago, uh, basically, the old police force was being disbanded entirely, the Royal Irish Constabulary, and Michael Collins was faced with a, a huge problem, apart from a civil war coming down the tracks. Um, he needed to form a new police force almost overnight. So there was a meeting in the Gresham Hotel in February 22, and a committee was formed to found a new police force. And only 12 days later, the first recruits turned up for training. And then on the 17th of August, then 22, it was the first appearance of what were called the Civic Guards at the time. Uh, about 440 men um, marched into Dublin Castle through the, the gate off Dane Street there called Palace Street. And that's the event we're recreating today because it really symbolised that the new police force had arrived. And of course, people didn't know who they were or what to make of them with strange uniforms and different badges and stuff like that. But it was really symbolic that we had actually had achieved independence now and that as we came in the front gate, the very, very last remaining members of the RIC were going out the back gate. Did many uh, members of the RIC convert into being civic guard? No, uh, they weren't. Even though the, the the overwhelming majority of the RIC were, were Irish men and with long service and were Catholics and all that, they just obviously weren't welcome. I mean, over five hundred policemen had been killed in the War of Independence. Now, there was a brief um, a brief period where Michael Collins kind of was looking at keeping the nine thousand Irish men that were in the force before the Black and Tans arrived to see would they be the new police force because they're already Irishmen, already experienced, but the men themselves weren't prepared to go for that. They wanted to be disbanded entirely and decide their own fate. So Ben Collins, really, the only place he could get recruits then was straight out of the IRA. So obviously, you had a situation where 98% of the new civic guards had come straight out of the IRA. So very, very few RIC men uh, joined the force. Now, there were some senior officers appointed because obviously Collins needed men with police experience who could actually organise and run this new organisation. So he did recruit a lot of, uh, several, we'll say, senior uh, RIC men and put them into uh, the high ranks of, of the Civic Guard, but that caused a lot of objection and it led to an event called the Kildare Mutiny, which is a, was a whole other story in its own right. Was that a mutiny within the Guards? It was, yeah. It, it happened in Kildare Barracks when the recruits were training where a lot of men saw these former RIC men now in uniforms of Garda, superintendents and chief superintendents and objected to it. And, and even though they were told, look, these men had actually worked for Collins or had provided valuable intelligence and he had handpicked these men for that job, um, there was an objection. And of course, you have to understand too, this is the, the run of the Civil War and these men had come in from the IRA, so they had different points of view, different political persuasions. Some left Kildare and took part in the Civil War. So there was a standoff and on one occasion, several hundred recruits demanded that five named officers were dismissed and Collins went down to Kildare himself and said, that's not going to happen. These are the men I've chosen. You, you'll get in behind them. Now, it kind of got sorted out in the end, but funnily enough, that's the decision that was taken afterwards then that we would not be armed because up until then, there had been a, an intention that we would carry firearms because the civil war was going on, but that really transformed everything. So when the men first went to their stations in September 22, they weren't carrying firearms. And, and ever since then, we've prided ourselves on being an unarmed police service, but it was really just the circumstances dictated at the time, but in the long run it turned out to be a really, really positive thing uh, for Hang us. on, am I reading between the lines right, John? Are you saying that part of the reason the, the original force wasn't armed was to lessen the risk of them shooting their senior officers? Well, no, it was just, I suppose, that, 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 in the context of the Civil War, 
um, that you know could the civic guards going out to stations like like what was there more danger in having them carrying firearms that either could be taken from them uh, by raids by what were called irregulars anti-treaty people or or with this model of unarmed policing would it be feasible in a civil war so there was a commission of inquiry held and they recommended first of all that first of all the commissioner was a serving TD and they said that that should never happen again because the commissioner had to be separate from politics and then they also recommended that the civic guard should not carry firearms to prevent any further potential problems happening and um, but in fairness Collins got involved personally the, the mutiny was kind of taken care of and then the force did band back together uh, so they, when, when they came into the castle here in August what we're recreating today are commemorating they were a unified body under the commissioner so it all kind of came good in the end and a hundred years later, how common is it to have uh, an, an almost completed? Because obviously there is the there's the ERU and there's the the armed response unit as yeah. well. But to have a majority unarmed police force is that relatively unusual in in the Western world? It absolutely is. Yeah, when I'm thinking of countries, for example, like like New Zealand, that they wouldn't routinely carry firearms, but they have a policy now where they have firearms in the back of their cars that can be taken out if they're required. So, uh, and obviously the UK. Um, would generally patrol unarmed, but they have an awful lot more armed officers than we would have pro rata. So it's very, very much really unprecedented. And I suppose it's why then we get visitors coming here from other countries to look at how we do community policing as an unarmed force. And uh, they're always kind of amazed at the fact that we don't carry firearms. But I mean, you know, we have had 89 members murdered since 22. So, you know, there, there is always a kind of a, a balance to be struck. And uh, what we have now is we have you know, uh, very few people carrying firearms, but they're trained to a really high standard and they've got national coverage. So at the moment, the model seems to work pretty well for us. And I think Irish people wouldn't like to see you know, heavily armed guards on a routine basis. You mentioned that you were recreating that moment when Michael Staines led the um, first members in through Dublin Castle today. Yeah. Who exactly is going to be there? When is it happening? What will it look like? It's going to kick off at about about 11.40. Um, we're recreating, uh, well, we're, we're going to assemble at the Gresham Hotel because that's where Michael Collins chaired the meeting that founded the guard. So you could say that, that that's our spiritual home, really. So we're going to have a parade of about 500 made up of um, some senior officers, our ceremonial unit, and members from all over the country that have volunteered to take part today because obviously we're a national service. We want to reflect that. So we'll have members here from every division in the country. So we're going to march up from Gresham Street around um, into Delir Street, past Pier Street Garda Station, and then up Dame Street and take a left into Palace Street, uh, just opposite the theatre there, which is the, the gate that we came in on the 17th of August. And we have um, we have some links as well. I mean, Michael Staines is a great-great-grandson is a serving guard as well, and he's taken part in the parade and things like that. So that's the, the, the iconic image is that group coming in the gate, and we want to recreate that. Uh, so it's going to be carried on uh, live stream as well on social media. The um, first ever Garda Commissioner's yeah. great great grandson is a sworn member and will be in the parade to celebrate. He, the... he is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Garda Luke stands, yeah. So kind of a nice um, touch. I kind of a lot of people now because we've had a lot of centenary events this year. They're digging into their family history, and we're finding all these connections of people who perhaps didn't know about it or forgotten about it. So it's actually, um, and we're having events all over the country as well for the rest of the year, kind of coinciding with when the guards first arrived in the various um, towns and cities. So uh, we're, we're turning up. A lot of people are really getting interested in their family history and their heritage and stuff like that. And we do have, you know, some people um, that have had, you know, generations like going continuous service going back to 1922, which is again kind of a nice little angle to it.
I assume as well for um, the members all around the country, being in the Gardaí, it is not something that lends itself easily to triumphalism or a bit of celebration. There's a sense of, you know, keep the head down, do the job. This is, the role requires a little bit of of diplomacy and um, non-ego. So it must be nice to have a day to be able to say we can celebrate and take a bit of pride in the force. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important because obviously we traditionally wouldn't do things like this really, whereas, for example, the military would would, would take a, a lot of roles like that on and have a lot of ceremonial parades. We didn't do anything like that in 1972 in the Golden Jubilee, but we felt this year, I think too, um, the more research that we've done, and I suppose speaking as the Garda historian at the moment, that the links that we have with the foundation of the state are so important that like when you realise that Michael Collins sat in a room with other huge characters like, like Owen O'Duffy and Ned Broy and um, Richard Mulcahy, and they're the men that founded the Guards 100 years ago. So like we're the same age as the state is, and we've been so heavily involved the men that founded the guards founded the state too. So we felt that um, certainly this year we could perhaps maybe uh, come out a little bit more publicly and do some some events. And this is by far the biggest one of the year in terms of national events. But we will be having nice events all over the country, like ranging from Garda Station open days uh, to two-week exhibitions on policing history in different towns around the place. And just to really engage with the local people at local level, which is what we've always done and we pride ourselves on doing really all the time. Well, fingers crossed that the weather stays the way that it is because at least the forecast is good for you and we hope the day goes very well and we will follow you on the social channels and and look for that recreation of the picture. That is Sergeant John Reynolds. John, thanks again. You're very welcome, Anton. Thank you. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday morning at nine on News Talk.